Welcome to Lockdown Blackhawks for Thursday, May 21st, 2020. My name is Jay Zawoski. Thank you so much for tuning in to Lockdown Blackhawks. This episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. It was on BuiltBar.com today, placing my order. Very excited. Cannot wait to get my next shipment of Built Bars. Welcome in. Appreciate you joining us. Got a couple things to get to today. It seems like maybe just maybe hockey's getting closer to potentially maybe coming back. It's very weird. It's very strange. It's very hard to read. It's all sort of like depending on who you're talking to and hearing from. But it seems like it could be close. We'll get into that. Something came up on my show on 670 The Score today and uh, about two of the greatest hockey players ever and sort of a comparison between the two. I want to get into that a little bit and a whole lot more. First, I want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Very easy. The voicemail number 708-653-0572. The email is LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. The Twitter account at LO underscore Blackhawks. And, of course, you can follow the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at Madhouse Pod. So the very latest, first reported by Sportsnet on Wednesday night, says the NHL is discussing 24-team conference-based playoff format. It's been on pause since March 12th. This is coming from Greg Wyshynski's piece on ESPN. I'm going to read it so I don't miss any details. The playoffs would be conference-based and would remain bracketed, replacing the divisional wildcard format the league has used since 2013. The top four seeds determined by their standings points percentage when the regular season was paused would receive buys through a round of play-in series that would feature the fifth seed through the 12th seed. Those play-ins, a best-of-five format, would determine which teams advance to the traditional 16-team Stanley Cup playoff bracket, which would feature seven-game series. The NHL will likely utilize only two hub cities for its season to restart if the proposed 24-team conference-based playoff format is approved by the league and the NHLPA, a source told ESPN. The NHL had been exploring using four different hub cities during a recent restart. Commissioner Gary Bettman said... Monday, that eight or nine locations were still under consideration. The NHL PA Executive Committee will meet on Thursday, today, to discuss the format and other return-to-play issues. When asked about the proposed format and the two-hub city plan, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly told ESPN in an email, I'm not aware of any agreement yet, don't want to jump the gun on anything. So, very interesting. So, looking at the Western Conference play-in teams. So the four teams with buys would be the Blues, the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, and the Stars. Those are your uh, first-round buys. The first-round series would be the Hawks and Oilers, with the Oilers having home ice, Nashville, Arizona, Vancouver, Minnesota, and Calgary, Winnipeg. So those are would be the Western Conference five-game play-in series games. In the East, Boston, Tampa, Washington, and Philly have the buys. First round would be Pittsburgh, Montreal, Carolina, New York Rangers, Islanders, Panthers, Leafs, Jackets. Those would be the play-ins in the East. This is cool. 
I can't lie. <laughs> I'm kind of excited about this. You know, I know it's weird. And I know, I don't know, it, like a week ago, I would never in my wildest dreams have guessed that hockey would be back. Or at least like this soon or even have some sort of announcement this soon. But it sounds like people are hopeful that something could be announced this week. Now, it's all well and good, but the players have to approve this. And if the players don't feel safe, they're not going to play and they shouldn't play. I am a union guy. I believe in the power of a union. I believe most workers should be in unions because it protects the people that are doing the work. And in the NHL, the players are the ones doing the work. So if they have a problem with this, I'm not going to get mad about it. I understand it. If I was told to go back to work tomorrow by my boss, you sure as hell know I'd be on the phone with the union about it. So I'm very excited the potential hockey's back. We're getting some good news that Illinois is moving on to the third phase of reopening at the end of the month. That's good. You're seeing other parts of the country starting to reopen. I hope we're not doing it too soon, but I'm trusting that we're not just trying to rush it and do things fast because people are getting impatient. I hope we're doing this with science and safety in mind. But if all those things are met, hell yes, drop the damn puck. I am in it for a five-game Blackhawks play-in series against the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, my God, would that be fun. Now the question is, how long do teams have to get ready? They're not just going to say, okay, go and have playoff series. You've got to have a week or two where you play, I would say, at least three or four games in that time to try to get up to somewhat normal conditioning. Before that, you're going to have to have practices. I think we're probably looking at July for this. And again, none of this has been made clear Uh, in the reports, at least in the ones I've seen. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, The timing on this is going to be interesting. But hopefully, you know, if by July they feel comfortable opening things up more and we're closer to phase four than than we are now, obviously, that could be good. Now, I still believe this is going to be empty arenas, which is going to be really interesting and really bizarre. But it does seem like and this can all change on Thursday. Who knows? But it does seem like there is some progress being made and hockey returning relatively soon. By the way, you heard me lead the show talking about Built Bars. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You like chocolate? Yeah, they're covered in 100% chocolate. Every bar. The last one I had, the last one in my stash was the toffee almond. Delicious. Really, really good. My wife tried it. She enjoyed it. My daughter loved it. Really great stuff. There's eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors. They're soft and they're easy to chew. That's a big thing for me is the texture. If you got a bad or weird texture or a chalky chocolate, not into it. Built Bar has neither of those things. Delicious, soft, easy to chew. The chocolate is legit and it's great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, and it really is delicious. Again, if my nine-year-old daughter steals my Built Bars, that's all you need to know. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. We've been profiling the peanut butter brownie and the mint brownie. The peanut butter brownie, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs, and a mint brownie, 
15 grams of protein, 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. These are not small bars either. They're about the size of a Three Musketeers candy bar. So that's what you can expect from Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Thanks for tuning in to Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jay Zawoski. Thanks for joining us. Sort of reacting to this news in real time. Like this broke very quickly as I started recording this podcast. It came out maybe five or ten minutes before I started recording. And I'm starting to think about how fun a Hawks-Oilers playoff series could be. I mean, they've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, two of the best young players in hockey. Yep, that's true. Um, But, man, that would be really exciting. And I've made this joke before, but can you fire Jeremy Cowton if he makes the playoffs? Just kidding. I'm sorry. Um, But it's going to be interesting to come back with, like, okay, go with intensity. Okay, playoff hockey. You haven't played in three months and by the time they play, it could be five months or maybe, you know, five or four. Okay, go play playoff hockey. The good news is these guys are certainly well rested. Here's another question I have. Aside from the entire safety thing, which I've gotten into, and I'll let smarter people than me sort all that out. What about guys who were like deemed out for the season? Like, I don't know, Brent Seabrook? I know he's probably not, they're really not thinking he'd be back until like January, but like someone in his position who you think would be out for the year, but maybe not totally out, maybe ready for July, ready for the off season. There's going to be some players in those, in that that situation. I wonder how that's going to work. Guys who maybe had minor surgeries in March and they were just going to shut it down for the rest of the year. Well, now you're playing into July Can those guys come back? That's going to be interesting. One thing I do like is it seems like the talk of having the draft before the season is decided is out the window. At least it seems that way. And that's good because part of what bugged me about that is how do you have a draft if you can't trade players and trade picks and things like that? Look, if the Hawks want to sweeten the pot on a trade and move up in the draft, say, hey, we want to trade up to number three. We'll give you whatever pick they end up with and Dylan Strom to move up. Okay, but if the, if the season's still going, you can't do that because the trade deadline's over. Do they reopen the trade deadline? I don't think so. How do you do that? That's chaotic. So I'm glad that, that that ship has sort of sailed. At least it seems that way. And you just have the draft quickly after the season wraps up, whenever that might be. And then you are back at it almost right away for the next season. And they'll probably delay it a little bit. Maybe they don't start that till November and everything goes a month later, which is fine. They can work those things out. But man, based on what I'm reading tonight, it's Wednesday night. Right now I'm recording this at 9.37 p.m. Central. It feels like an announcement's coming. I don't know. It just, this feels different. There's a lot of detail there. You know, the people who are speaking are not saying 
Oh, no, 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 no. Like, Bill Daly's like, oh, nothing's been announced yet. Eh, that sounds like something's going to be announced. But the word yet. It's like the scene in High Fidelity where John Cusack's trying to find out if his ex-girlfriend had slept with the neighbor. I haven't slept with him yet. What does yet mean? Does that mean you're going to do it for sure? To me, the word yet indicates that there is a intention for it to happen sooner than later. So I don't know. It seems close. It seems real. And uh, here I am with like visions and dreams of Hawks Oilers in my head. And man, it it is. I'll tell you one thing. And as we've all sort of been doing with this pandemic and everything going on uh it's it's strange and it's been tough to get through for everybody different different levels for different people based you know different personalities and stuff like that and i think i've taken this maybe as well as i could have i kind of when i thought about the long term of this whole thing i thought i'd be taking it worse but i seem to be doing okay my mental health is like as good as can be expected right now. And I know some other people are not as fortunate and uh, we're thinking about you, of course. And um, I, I, I've said on many things before that I credit my therapy that I go to every other week as a huge change in my life and a huge positive in my life. And I've kept that going throughout this whole thing. And that's been helpful. But I think another reason we've all had a little bit of hope is the little glimmer of promise that sports might come back. And it's going to be different, and it's going to be weird. But all these sports coming back, what I like about this, and there is no silver lining to a pandemic, so don't even, I'm not saying that. But it cre- it forces these leagues to be creative and to come up with plans. And when leagues are forced to be creative, they usually come up with something pretty damn entertaining. And five-game play-in series, hell yes, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. I Please, please, please announce this. Please. If they announce this on Thursday, Friday's podcast is going to be a celebration. I promise you. Because, man, I need hockey. I need sports. We all do. With, of course, the caveat. I have to say this because of my guilt complex. With the caveat of safety. That's most important. But, damn it, if they can find a way, do it. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for tuning in. At the front of the show, I mentioned a topic that came up on today's Dan Bernstein show on 670 The Score. If you don't know, I am the producer of that show, and uh, we were talking about how it's hard to compare eras in sports, and you say, like, oh, you know, if Babe Ruth had played baseball today, he'd be an average player or whatever. And however you feel about that topic, it doesn't matter. This topic came up. Could you make the argument that Alex Ovechkin is hockey's greatest goal scorer ever? And at first, you bristle, right? And you say, eh, I mean, he's really good, but, you know, Gretzky. Gretzky's got 894. Eh, that's true. Gretzky does have 894 goals. Alex Ovechkin, who has played five fewer seasons has 706 goals. Okay? Now, Ovechkin is 34 years old, and it's going to take some doing to catch Wayne Gretzky. He's 188 goals. 
behind Gretzky. So, at 34, does Ovechkin have what it takes to catch 894? It's definitely doable. He's been relatively healthy. He's played, what, 335 fewer games than Gretzky? I think he could do it. And the question is, even if he doesn't catch Gretzky, let's say he ends his career with, let's see, 706 now. Let's say he's got three good years left. So let's say he ends with, we'll give him like an average of like 40 a year. So that's 120. So he had 826 career goals to Gretzky's 894. And I think he's got more than three years left. Let's let's be honest about it. Watching Ovechkin play, there doesn't seem to be any sign of a slow down. Slow down. A slow down? I don't know what that is. Then you have to look at it this way. Even if Ovechkin does not catch Gretzky in scoring goals, you have to look at the eras in which they played. Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> go back and watch. And look, I'm not taking away anything from Wayne Gretzky. I have given you this stat before. If you take away all of Wayne Gretzky's 894 goals, he is still hockey's all-time leading scorer with 1,963 assists only. He has more assists than anyone else in the history of the game has points. Wayne Gretzky is the best hockey player ever. I don't care what era he played in. Now, goal scoring is a different thing. Ovechkin scored goals in early in his career an era that was a little less offensive. It got better. But to do what he's done, to score 706 goals in his career in this era of hockey is really remarkable. 50 goal seasons are kind of unheard of now. Ovechkin has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight 50 plus goal seasons including a 65-goal 2007-2008. He scored 52 goals as a rookie in 2005-2006. So here, here are his goal totals for his career. 52, 46, 65, 56, 50, 32, 38, 32, but in 48 games, 51, 53, 50, 33, 49, 51 48 and by the way that 48 goal mark is still active the season is still going on of course if it resumes with playoffs that's what's going to stop it it'll be 48 goals in 68 games the dude is not slowing down he's not slowing down and I truly think that when it's all said and done and these things are never settled unless he actually passes Gretzky which could happen, but even if he doesn't, if he gets to 800, which seems pretty realistic, the argument can be made that he is hockey's greatest goal scorer ever. And that's something. That's something I did. Like, I never thought that because of the way the game is now, and it's not just the style of play, but it's how great the goalies are and how... You know, I think the worst player in the league now is a hell of a lot better than it was when Wayne Gretzky played. Like, just think back 15, 20 years to the Blackhawks. They had guys like Jim Cummins and Ryan Vandenbush. 
Those guys could not play in this NHL. And those guys were playing in the 2000s, in the late 90s. Think back to the 80s and 70s. The way those players looked athletically, the way they trained. And the uh, the argument on this thing is, too, that like, okay, well, yeah, you can say today's athlete is more fine-tuned than the ones that played in the 70s and 80s, but if those guys were playing now, they would have the same training, so it would offset. And I, I think there's a little bit of truth to that. But I, 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 I didn't think, you know, maybe a year ago, I don't know if I could have this conversation. I don't know if I can make this argument in good faith. But I do think that the argument could be made that Ovechkin is the greatest scorer, goal scorer ever. And uh, that, I mean, that's incredible. And the other thing is while we're saying that, while we're saying that Alex Ovechkin is a better goal scorer than Wayne Gretzky, we're not ready to say he was the best player of his era. Sidney Crosby has an argument there, and I think that might actually be the answer. Connor McDavid has an argument there. Some would say Patrick Kane has an argument there based on winning and based on, you know, skill sets and all those things. But I think the argument comes down to Crosby and Ovechkin, and I think you probably give the edge to Crosby as an all-around player. So you can have a guy playing right now that is the game's greatest ever goal scorer and not be the best player in hockey. And for those of you that were Hawks fans and hockey fans throughout the dark ages of the Blackhawks, if you watched the hockey of the 90s, that clutch and grab, slow, plotting, never thought watching those games, where the leading scorers in the league had like 40 goals. I never thought in that era we'd ever get back to where we are now, where you could literally have a guy on the heels of Wayne Gretzky in goal scoring. That is great. It's a really, really good thing for hockey fans. It's a really good thing for sports fans. And I know I think people get sick of watching the same old teams on the Wednesday night hockey games on NBC Sportsnet because it always seems like it's the Flyers and the Capitals, the Flyers and the Capitals. I don't get the Flyers thing, but show me Alex Ovechkin every time he's on TV and I will tune in, especially now that I'm sort of rooting for him to break Gretzky's record. Are you? Let me know on Talk Back Tuesday. Voicemail 708-653-0572. Email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can always shoot me a tweet as well at LO underscore Blackhawks or on my personal account at jzawoski670. With that, though, we're going to wrap things up here on Lockdown Blackhawks. We will talk to you on Friday, hopefully with an announcement on a return to hockey or a plan to return to hockey or something. But, man, the news from Wednesday night has me very excited. Hopefully we got something great to talk about on Friday morning. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Be safe. Stay home. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. All that stuff. We'll talk to you Friday here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And now that this Lockdown Podcast is wrapped up, ask your smart speaker to listen to the latest episode of Locked On NHL. My name is Jay Zawoski. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Friday.